It is time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode with a special announcement at the end of this in the third block. Uh, we spent some time with Thomas McConkie, and that's all I'm going to say about that for right now. But that will be in the third block. I'm joined by Megan the Mitch. Mitch, what up? How are you? Are you are you full sporting? Are you doing all right? Are you doing I... right? The Jazz traded players. I spoke with someone who cried a bunch. Literally about a sports team trading a player away. Are we all well? Right? Here's here's the thing, with the players they traded. Okay, there's one that I'm mildly upset about. Okay. One that I'm like, meh, and yep. one that I think is going to be a big loss. So, okay. but our favorites didn't go. Good. So yeah, that's a good a, thing. We got to rebuild. We got to always be thinking about the future. It's, it's not. True. Just, it's not just what's going on now. Yeah. Said guy who doesn't know anything about that. What else is new with you? Anything exciting? Anything exciting? Let's see. Yeah. Um, no. Good. No. Real Isn't boring. the greatest? It is. What, what did you do today? Nothing out of the norm. Nothing out of the ordinary. Ugh. I mean, we did have my middle son turned 13 last week. Okay. And my oldest son is turning 15 this Sunday. Okay. And then my youngest son is turning six in like two and a half weeks. So okay. we've got a lot of birthdays going on. Sure. Sure. But that that's not any uh unless they've changed the rules, that's not priesthood advancements. That's just no. Well, yeah. sorry, I'm thinking. Yeah, no. Yeah. No priesthood yeah. advancements. This yeah, year. just it's just another birthday. Just get another birthday. That's Although the oldest one will be able to get his learner's permit. And soon. how do you feel about that? Well, um, I've already, I mean, I've I have two kids with driver's licenses. So I've right. been through the process. Mm -hmm. Um this one's going to be interesting because he's short mm -hmm. and like all of our cars are big. Like we have mm -hmm. like a minivan and then my husband has a suburban mm -hmm. and then we have a little SUV that the older girls share. And so he's little and that's, that might be interesting. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Don't but, listen, yeah. get him a, maybe a booster seat. money and get a booster seat or a, <laughs> or a mini Cooper or a, oh, that'd be amazing. Or a scooter, a scoot, scoot, a scooter. <laughs> Um, well, I've got to tell you about this, uh, because this is very exciting. Um, I, I, uh, I might drown is what I've decided. Oh. I, um, not currently, I'm not in a swimming okay. pool as I record this, but, uh, my wife, uh, bought me a watch, uh, that is basically, you know how, like you say to someone, you're not the boss of me. Yes. The watch is the boss of me. Yeah. It's not only like the steps, which everyone's like, yeah, welcome to, yeah, you know, got one of those. Yeah. yeah the 21st century, <laughs> you know, wearable tech. This, this, this guy, uh, also like measures my, uh, my blood pressure. Wow. It measures, um, like my intensity of my minutes at the gym and you're supposed that. to get a certain amount of intensity minutes every week and day. Okay. Uh, it adjusts the amount of wa uh, water requisite for my body because you oh. put in like your weight and your height and it tells you how much water you should drink on the regular and then it says hey pal you got your fat butt moving a lot today you should probably drink, your drink water. more water yeah 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 does so, it actually talk to you and say no, no, Richie, it, get your butt in the kitchen and get a glass of water no but it does vibrate mm -hmm. uh and say would you like to update your hydration and it's it's like a it's like a guilt it's guilt check every yeah. I think it's every hour I don't actually know but I do and so far have for a couple of weeks now. 
All right. I'm I'm turning into one of Pavlov's dogs. <laughs> and I just take a uh, drink a cup of water like today, for instance. So let me let me pull this. See, make sure it hasn't changed because it will adapt. Like yeah. if I went on a rigorous walk, uh, it will it will adapt and say, hey, pal, you did this. Uh, I need to drink 15 cups of water, 15, eight ounce cups of water today wow. in order to be properly hydrated. Wow. Yeah. That is intense. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, I like it. But, but my nephrologist, which is a kidney doctor, kidney doctor, is really grateful for the fact that I'm drowning because I don't drink enough water. And yeah. they said, "Listen, dumb dumb." They said, "Very that water." You know, yeah, drink water because they because because and I didn't know this. Mm -hmm. You can just like if you don't put sunblock on your skin and you go in the sun, mm -hmm. get skin damage. If you do not drink enough water, you can damage your kidneys just by not drinking enough water. And that I'm not just talking about like out. stones and all that kind of stuff, but I'd never considered that before. I'd never yeah. considered. Oh, yeah. Like there's a, you know, and not everyone has to drink 15 cups and that's not what sure. I'm saying and blah, 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 blah. But there is a point where your body goes, you're making us work too hard for this. Yeah. And now so we're shutting down. Occur. Yep. We quit. Yeah. We quit. Uh, I quit. Yep. I quit. I quit. <laughs> I, I quit, quit Mr. White. Jinx. Movie. I know. Such a good movie. Except Such everybody listening movie. to us didn't hear it as Jinx because Zoom. Never love jinx. It's always two different audios at different times. Uh, we should get right into news, shan't, shan't we? We shan't. We, shall. we, uh, we won't take a break because we'll do that second block where we talk with Thomas. So uh, hit it, Peter. Cool. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Tons of cool stuff in the news uh, and tons of not great stuff in the news as well. Um, I'll give you run of the mill first First story. Do you have, uh, do you have one that you would like to, to would... share and or talk about? Can I file this under Saints Who Sport? Yes, with please. With Megan the Mitch. Yes. All right. So the Olympic marathon trials, uh -huh. such a huge deal this mm -hmm. past weekend. And um, the the one and two racers in the men's race, both BYU alums, both mm -hmm. members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they finished first and second. And their story is so fun. And honestly, I've never seen more like wholesome content come out um, because it is, it, sorry, I'm all tripped up. Sorry. Yeah, come on. There was Get like, I tightened me. it up, Megan Mitch. There was like one video of Clayton Young who finished second. And he was, this was posted on the team USA Instagram page. Mm -hmm. And he's talking to his cute little toddler daughter. And he's like, do you know what's going on? And she's like, no. And he's like, daddy just ran the best race of his life. And he's like, we're going to have so much fun talking about this in five years. And then I saw another video with Connor Mance, who or Mance, excuse me, he finished first. Mm -hmm. And this video of him like talking to somebody after the race, he's like drinking water, icing his legs or whatever. And he like stops them mid-sentence. He's like, oh, there's my mom. And he like gets up and goes and gives her like the biggest hug. And she's Aww. like crying. And it's just so cute and wholesome. And it's like surprising no one. They're from BYU. You know, they're both Utah natives, like I said. And um, the my favorite article about the whole thing comes from the Wall Street Journal. And the title says they were elite runners. Then they stopped training, gained 30 pounds and got faster. So the whole story is about how they were elite runners in high school and then they went to college and then they went on missions mm -hmm. and um, they didn't have really the chance to train. But it talks all about how they actually just became so much better at what they do because of partly because of that break that they took, because sure. it really kind of opened their minds to just some new you know, perspectives. And they realized 
running isn't the only thing that's important to them. Mm -hmm. um, one, let's see, uh, Connor Mance, he's 27. He served in Ghana, West Africa. And Clayton Young uh, served in Raleigh, North Carolina, Spanish speaking. And they talked about how, yeah, they started off their missions. They tried to get their runs in and they'd try to train a little bit. But then by the end, they were just nothing. You know, yeah, they it becomes did. virtually impossible if your exactly. companion isn't into it. You're like, exactly. oh, come on, be into it. And even if they are into it, unless they're into it at the level that you are, which yeah, it's not would happening. be. Right. You're like, ride the bike next to me. All right. Okay. All right. Anyway, just super, super impressive. They had really impressive times. Um, Connor Mance. Um, well, so prior to the Olympic trials, they had to compete in like other marathons to qualify for it. Mm -hmm. And um, in the Chicago Marathon, Connor Mance finished that in two minutes and seven seconds. Nope, two, hours, two hours and seven minutes. Two hours, seven minutes, 47 seconds. Yep. Clayton Young finished the Chicago Marathon in two hours and eight minutes. Jeez. And then... Um, yeah, they were uh, slightly slower in this race, but they still finished one, two, and they're going to Paris. Yeah. So yay for them. So fast. So the thing, them in. The thing that I'm interested in uh, in all that is they're like, yeah, team, and we're going. But at some point, that that friendliness maybe doesn't necessarily go away, but it becomes a whole different sort of competition. Yeah. You know, because yeah. there's one gold. Right, exactly. The interesting thing that I, from watching the footage, they were like, matching each other step for step as yeah. they were finishing up and Clayton Young literally like turned to Connor and was like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go finish, finish first, you yep. know? Yeah. Cause Just, it was one, one hundredth of a second that divided the two yeah. of them. Yeah. It was trials. so crazy. And then the guy who finished third was like almost a full minute behind them, which was Take crazy that minute behind guy. Right. And unfortunately right. that gentleman does not get to go because of the qualifying rules, Yeah, it's only which I don't understand, but it's yeah, like, yeah. You won't and, ever need it. You won't ever need to know. Sorry. Nope. I never will. I hope and, I'm not breaking your heart. You will nope. never be an Olympian. Sorry. But here's the thing. I'm going to probably do a deep dive and like hyper focus on figuring out why there can be three women in the mar marathon and only two. Hmm. Men. I'll probably uh, hyper focus my, on it and figure suspicion, it out. Uh, and you'll have to come back and tell me if I'm okay. right, especially since this has nothing to do with LDS, nothing. anything. <laughs> my suspicion is that there are fewer countries that women participate in the marathon. Oh, interesting. And so because there are more men that compete at the at the marathon at the Olympic level that they have to only allow a certain amount because they can only have so many do right. the, each event. The, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing is, is that they, uh, Connor Mance and Clayton Young follow a really long history of BYU alumni and members of the church who have competed on the Olympic level in the mm -hmm. marathon. Um, the uh, one gentleman, uh, I can't remember his name, but he Ward competed is his down last in Rio. Name. Yes, Jared Ward, yep. um, who put his statistician's mind to play to be able to figure out how to run a better, more efficient race. I think, I believe their coach from BYU, I think he competed in the Olympics way back. Could be. Um, so there's uh, a long history. And the other thing I loved was watching the BYU, uh, I think it was their track and field team, watching the qualifying race. And mm. they got so excited. It yep. was very, very cool. So, so and that's you... a two sport. If you ever want to find a uh, show that's available in podcast form that spends 10 minutes talking about a marathon story, you are home. You're here. You found your place. <laughs> that is where we are. We hey, Listen, we don't. Sorry, I talk too much. No, no, no. It's lots of detail. I appreciate detail. Some people appreciate details. Other people are like, what are we still doing? 
They do the little <laughs> fast forward button. They do it at 1.85 speed. And they're like, really? What, yep. What's happening? Is this, is this a marathon uh, show available? Podcast. So let's go here. Uh, missionaries for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Zimbabwe got a special delivery from a Utah company. Uh, Odeon had 22,000 extra on-hand white shirts, and they donated them to missionaries serving in South Africa. Over the years, they started to have supply tra- supply chain issues. They continued to uh, like order and get some things, and then they're like, oh, okay, now Not we have 22,000 of these shirts. There's some great pictures that have come out of Zimbabwe from this company being able to donate these shirts. It's a, an interesting thing, culturally speaking, that I I would say short of maybe the black um the black name tag, name tag. in the pockets of people, I, I would say that maybe the the white shirt is the most iconic thing. Maybe Angel Moroni yeah. by Mormonism. Spires of the temple. You yeah. know, the Salt Lake Temple. But you like, if you're if you're looking, you might just look yeah. at the Salt Lake Temple and be like, oh, that's a gothic building. But maybe you would yeah. say that's the Salt Lake Temple. But like, I feel like uh, a, a person or a couple of people in white shirts, mm-hmm. I think that the mind goes to missionaries. Well, you know, what's funny is, um, so my husband and I, we collect pins from the Hard Rock Cafe. Mm-hmm. Both of us started doing that before we got married. And then we like... <laughs> So that's how you back, knew it was meant to be. It kind of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you do that too. Marry me. All right. Exactly. You cool. Doubled my collection. Yeah. Um, and so now, like wherever we go, we get one. Anyway, mm-hmm. so during the Olympics, when they were here in Salt Lake City, that there was a hard rock cafe that has since closed down. Mm-hmm. But they had they obviously were doing pins for the local culture and pins to commemorate the Olympics. And one mm-hmm. of the ones that they did was a missionary on a bike mm-hmm. and like the bike wheel was like the hard rock cafe logo except that it w- he wasn't wearing a black name tag but it was very obvious because he was in a white shirt black slacks tie bike helmet you know so um anybody could look at it and go oh yeah i know what they're doing there mm-hmm. i know what they're doing do you so, have one of those i do it's worth 25 dollars. i just found out oh slay yeah. yeah, we'll probably never get rid of that one because no. we were really excited when we found it. Yeah, but that's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know you were a pin collector. I'm learning so many things. I know, right? So many things to be learned. This, uh, this, uh, I hate stuff like this. Is where this okay. next story is going. Always a good time. Um, and you, I'm going to ask you to actually look this up because I can't okay. remember what the acronym stands for. But DACA, D A C A. Oh, if you'll look up what DACA stands for uh, while I share this story, a DACA recipient living in Utah who was stuck in Mexico for six months is now home. Uh, Melanie, I think is maybe how you say it, greeted by a crowd of cheers and hugs when she landed in Salt Lake City this past Saturday night. She got her stamp. I walked out. I saw everyone. I couldn't help but cry. It feels like our house feels alive and home again since the age of two. Melanie has called the United States her home. She grew up in California, attended BYU, met her husband while serving uh, on a mission for the church. She had one last step to becoming a U.S. citizen this past summer, but a paperwork error has kept her in Mexico for the last six months. At one point, she was told that it could be two and a half years for her application to even be considered again. What does DACA stand for? Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Okay. So, uh, it just doesn't feel like it It did happen, and I'm just back to normal, says Melanie. Um, she had to get some help from senators and, and uh, uh, congressmen. 
to be able to, to come back and do this. Now, I'm not sure because I feel like a lot of, um, feel like a lot of members of the church maybe feel a little bit differently about the immigration issue. Mm-hmm. Um, like even conservative members of, of, uh, of our church still feel maybe a little bit different than the sure. whole, you know, put the wall and nobody come in and all that sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. Right. But I feel like, and maybe I'm overstepping when I say something like that. I feel like that that this person and people of this situation is not what we need to be worried about. Right. I agree. And I the agree. fact and the fact that it was like uh, a paperwork error, and you know it's probably something like she put her first name where her middle name right. needs to be, or you know, something so ticky tacky. Did as it that. in blue pen rather than black. Right. Didn't do a second copy and faxed it instead of email scanned it or whatever the thing may be. And has been separated from your family, her her family for six months. Right. Infuriating. Yes, very much. Very yeah. much. No, I know, I know somebody. Um I I, I want to keep this anonymous as I can, but they were going to get married to somebody from overseas. Mm-hmm. Both very, very stalwart, active members of the church, good mm-hmm. contributing members of society. Um, and they've just been waiting on a visa mm-hmm. for the the fiance and they were supposed to get married in a few weeks and it's now been postponed for like another six months because they just can't figure out the paperwork you know and it's just and i know there's some on the other countries end as well that are causing some issues you know but it's just there's so much silly red tape and i know somebody else who um they got married during covid she was from the uk and he's from here Mm -hmm. and they cannot get anything like her residency or what, whatever. I don't know exactly what it is, but they can't figure it out so that they can live here full time. Right. And, and she's and, just from the UK. So it's not even like a, like a third world country that might have more difficulty with their record keeping, you know, or right. things like that. It's, right. and it's literally an issue on our end. So I don't know what we need to do differently. Not necessarily religious as far as this goes, except for this per- person was a member of the church, met her husband, on her mission for crying out loud. But like when, when we make these hard line rules of like, it's gotta be all or nothing. Yeah. These are the people that get, you know, pushed to the side when it's an all or nothing, something. Yeah. Uh, tell me what other story might you have that you would be interested in talking about? I have a church supported nursing training center opens in Iraqi's Kurdistan region. Okay. Um, so a donation from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints helped create a new training center for nurses and midwives in the Kurdistan region of Iraq. Um, it's called the Nursing and Midwifery Development Center. It will allow as many as 7,000 nurses and midwives a year to be instructed in a variety of courses. Um, that is according to the church's Middle East um, newsroom. Um, the building is 36,000 square feet. They just had an opening ceremony on January 21st. Um, so Elder Ronald J. Bach, I don't know how to say it. It's spelled uh, B-A-C-K, but it's got two little dots on the top. Yeah, so I like don't know an how umlaut, to... like an umlaut, it's Bach. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, he is the Area 70 and Second Counselor in the Middle East, North uh, Africa, North Area Presidency. He said, it's so great to see something that you remember being discussed in its early stages now being completed. What a blessing this facility is for the people of Kurdistan. Yeah, Kurdistan. Um, So, yeah, super amazing. Um, And it'll obviously serve a ton of people in that region. And 
Yeah. I think, you know, I know that you get really excited about any church growth and work that gets done in Africa, which mm -hmm. rightfully so. I get really excited also when they're doing things in the Middle East because yeah. reasons, very yeah. obvious reasons. Um, so yeah, very exciting. Piggybacking on that, the church yeah. is uh, celebrating 10 years of collaboration with the World Food Program. The church and WFP uh, announced that they have jointly contributed $4.3 million to help construct and support an emergency response logistics hub in Barbados. The church made the initial $2 million grant to the World Food, food Program for the construction uh, of this hub with the World Food Pro Program contributing an additional $2.3 million. So everyone that's always like, well, why don't they do? They just did. They just did. And continue to do, especially with WFP, which is a, mm -hmm. an amazing organization helping people all over the place. To piggyback onto that, um, it is not only um, a tremendous example from within the, the church of kind of recognizing our past a little bit, but trying to make it better. I'm not saying that they went about this the way that they should have necessarily, but uh, do you know who the Black 14 are? I do. Yeah, that's Wyoming, a fascinating story. Yeah, Wyoming football players who uh, uh, decided that they would wear um, to a practice, as I understand it, black armbands and weren't allowed to play when BYU played uh, Wyoming. This is pre-priesthood ban. I want to say 1976. Pre-lift of the priesthood ban. Yeah, pre-lift yeah. of, the, of the priesthood ban. Um, so these 14 players, many of whom never played football again, some mm -hmm. of whom transferred elsewhere, um, they have recently been inducted to the College Football Hall of Fame, which the church has nothing to do with. Right. But... Um, as part of these uh, gentlemen, uh, the Hall of Fame invited Mel Hamilton, John Griffin, and Tony McGee, three of the Black 14, um, out to Atlanta, Georgia, where the College Football Hall of Fame is. And the church said, you know what? We're going to add into this. And they donated to the food banks down in the area of where this particular thing is. And for the last four, five years on sort of the... Uh, I don't know. It wouldn't be the anniversary of the game. Maybe Commemoration yeah, maybe of the it, event. It might be uh, with Black History Month. Maybe that's why they mm. have done it in February for the last few years. But uh, the church has donated um, many thousands of pounds of food to uh, different organizations. I know one of the years they said to the, uh, the uh, remaining alive Black 14, where would you like us to make a donation? And right. so they were able to do it in collaboration with the different individuals. So is it real terrible that that happened and that players needed to do that? Yes, it is. But I feel like the church, at least in part, has said, yeah, geez, yeah, this. Well, oh, and gosh. And correct me if I'm wrong. Celebrated. I think some, one, one or two of the, the Black 14 have actually joined the church in recent yes. years. Uh -huh. I can't remember one, but I I think one of them, like his son joined the church and then he yep. joined the church afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've been uh, recognized at like BYU football games and things before yep. as well. And is... before someone corrects us, the game was in 1969 and the individual that you're talking about, his name is Mel Hamilton. Uh, and his interview of the cultural hall actually never got published. He's one <gasps> of only two episodes that have never been published. They, the reason why in that particular instance, um, is he had some health concerns in the middle of the interview and oh, we no. were not able to finish it. And I didn't feel like it was in good taste to that sort of sense. share because it could have very well clouded some of the things that he said early. Sure. In, and so I just decided to, to not yeah. publish that. So that that's makes sort of sense. behind the scenes kind of thing. Yeah. interesting. Uh, 
When you watch YouTube, are you a Mr. Beast yay or a Mr. Beast nay? I'm a Mr. Beast. Eh, eh. Okay. I, no, no feelings one direction or the other. I kind of try to stay out of the YouTube realm. My kids like a few YouTubers, but I, it's not a, it's not a area that I necessarily jive with. So we try to kind of just avoid it altogether. But I am aware of who Mr. Beast is. Okay. And I have eaten at least one of his snacks. Nice. In the grocery store. Okay. Okay. So. Interesting thing, if you know who Mr. Beast is, and I don't know why you wouldn't, he's the, as uh, reports say, the second most followed YouTuber, which leads you to believe who the first one is. And that's what uh, Megan the Mitch Mitchell is going to look up here while I'm telling you this story uh, is he is now partnered with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints with Just Serve to be more specific. So um, he has recently, in recent years, launched um, this Beast Philanthropy most of his videos that he does are things like, let's see what we can get people to do. Dumb, stupid, crazy, wild things to do for just insane amounts of money. Like, um, you know, whoever, you know, you, you keep your hand on this car and it's a hundred thousand dollar car and he gets 50 people and says, all right, we're going to do this. And then they video it and they do a phenomenal job. Several people that work aside Mr. Beast are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh, I didn't know that. But he himself is not. And the only reason I know that is because I'm connected with them on LinkedIn. Oh. Um, and so I knew that they were members, at least at some point. And sure. he himself looks like it. Uh, yeah, he totally does. Right? Very clean cut. Yeah. Well, he's very, he's very like... Uh, he's happy. Yeah. He's, he's, he's smiley. I, I have thought uh, a time or two, are we sure he's not? Yeah. Um, did you find who the first? I did. So um, there was some competing information. So okay. this is from Wikipedia. Okay. Do with that what you need to. But it looks like T-Series is the number one with 259 million subscribers. They are a music channel out of India. Okay. Okay. And it's in Hindi. And then yep. Mr. Beast comes up at number two with 237 million subscribers. So he was uh, recently uh, partnered up with Just Serve. Now, if you don't know what Just Serve is, we've done an episode of the Culture Hall. We'll put that in the show notes, so be sure you find it. But um, Just Serve is a great app, no matter where you live, and you don't have to be a member of the church, and anyone can post on this as well. You can say, I've got a Tuesday. Where might I serve? And you can look in your area, put in your zip code. It's phenomenal the way this is. Or if you're like, I'm looking for a once a month opportunity. I'm looking for a once a week. I'm in charge of a youth group and I want to be able to find this thing. Just serve. So he has said in the past, you know, people would ask him, you know, what can we do? And he's just like, hey, be kind to people. Mm-hmm. Treat them the way that you want to be treated. And, and then he just sort of doubled up uh, uh, and said, why let's don't do you it do for real? You know, let's do it for real. Let's go just serve. And so there is, in fact, a partnership with Mr. Beast and Just Serve, which is huge. Yeah. And I hope that Just Serve becomes more utilized because it has been a not nearly utilized enough tool by members of the church, certainly, but by the population as a whole. I agree. And so hopefully, you know, this guy's saying, hey, check this out. I mean, you've got to know that already it's had more traffic than it ever had before. Yeah. Just because he said, go check this out. What even is this? Oh, well, so, and what's funny is there's a lot of people who are splitting hairs about the whole thing. They're like, he's not partnering with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's mm-hmm. partnering with Just Serve. And it's like, okay, Megan checks her notes. Oh, yeah, Just Serve run by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Sure. So, 
Sure. Um, But uh, yeah, no, I agree with you about just serve. Um, I get an email every single week with Mm -hmm. uh, volunteer opportunities. And so I um, organize our stakes nativity exhibit every year. Mm -hmm. In the last two years, we've done a food drive for the Utah Food Bank in conjunction with uh, the event. And this past and what we do is we just go on just serve and list it on there. And this past year in 2023, we had a girl show up from like Eagle Mountain who was like, I'm here to help with the food drive. And we were like, we were just collecting it in these barrels. But awesome. She was utilizing it. This, I mean, she was like 12 or 13. And she was like, yeah, I was just looking for a project to do. And I saw this and I was like, you know what? Can you sort all of this food so that it's makes sense in what's in what barrel and everything? We need peanut butter here. You know, it was Mm -hmm. awesome. It was so great. So just super cool. So put your put your things out there, find opportunities to be able to go and do it. It will give you all the details of like what you need to know Mm -hmm. in order to be able to do it. And Uh, there's lots of ongoing projects that just like constantly need support all the time. mm -hmm. And then there's one offs. And yeah, love it. Thanks, Mr. Beast. Yeah. And have a chocolate bar from him Mm -hmm. while you're doing it. Right. You have to buy the chocolate bar. Yeah, that's true. Uh, where do you want to go news-wise? Um, sorry, I should have been more prepared no, for that question. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I'll um, take it. I'll take okay, it. Yeah, go you here. go. You go. Uh, James the Mormon, uh, look in the show notes for the episode that we did with him. JTM is what he's called now. Uh, when he first came on the scene, he is like, I'm bringing the gospel to people because I'm a rapper. And then a bunch of people that didn't like rap liked him. And he's like, this is not really what I wanted to do. I wanted to bring people that like rap to the church, not people in the church to like rap. He's doing it the wrong way. So now he's at a crossroads. He was a part of a series on NPR. You can listen to the interview that he did there. Uh, but he's, you know, he's trying to figure out exactly what he wants his life to be like. Very talented. Uh, the name yes. of the series is Sense of Place, Provo. Uh, his name is James Quran or Quran, C U R R A N, J T M to you if you're trying to talk to him. Mm-hmm. But um, but at a crossroads as to what he's going to do. I think he's very talented. A few years yeah. back, we when we talked to him was right about the time he had done a uh, like a music video for the BYU football team. Oh yeah, pretty, pretty viral, and that was his Big song. Deal. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I think may, it's called may he do whatever he wants to. Yes, this this crossroad, but it's cool. I think it's like a 10 minute interview that they did on that series over on NPR. So you should check that out. Very cool. Did I stall long enough for you? Yes, you did. I found a story that I wanted to talk about. So, um, and you and I were talking about this offline a while back about, um, Lieutenant Bridge Alconis. Okay. He was, um, a lieutenant in the Navy and his family was stationed. He's a member of the church, his family, active members of the church. They were stationed over in Japan. And they took a family day trip up Mount Fuji. And as they were driving home, he lost consciousness and he ended up crashing his vehicle and uh, killed two people in the in the accident. And it was uh, proven through several different medical doctors that what happened was that he was suffering from acute altitude sickness Mm -hmm. because even like the crash and his wife screaming and his daughter screaming like it didn't bring him to consciousness like he was gone. And, um, so he spent a significant amount of time in prison in Japan because of this accident. And I guess that in Japan, there's some very specific ways that you make restitution. If you end up, 
in an accident and somebody dies where it's like you pay so much money and that's supposed to um, pay your restitution. Like you pay it to the families mm -hmm. and he did that, but he still ended up staying in prison for a very long time. And um, even like attorneys for the Navy were like, no, that like he, he isn't getting a fair and speedy trial. None of this is actually going the way it should. Ultimately he was, um, Release, not released, but he was transferred to a prison here in the States where they were kind of waiting. Is the United States going to further punish him? You, you know, it was just kind of a really weird situation. Long story short, he has been released from, from prison, from um, all of that. So super exciting for, for the Alconis family. Um, I have followed it um, a lot and I follow it, followed it all on social media and stuff. And like around Christmas time, his family was all like standing outside of the prison where he was with mm. signs and stuff. And um, they've got uh, three little three kids. Um, but now the family's all reunited. So That's very awesome. exciting for them. It's awesome. And scary. Very, right? very yeah, scary. Something like that happened and then have to be through that it reminds me of and I can't remember the name what his name is. But down in South America, he was down there with his wife and he ended up. in. Oh, yes. Um, Josh. Yeah. Josh Holt. Holt. Yes, Josh you Holt. interviewed him. Josh Holt. <laughs> we did two episodes with him. So you can, uh, the people that get that joke, I appreciate it. I get it. People. Thank I you. I get it. Stephen. Uh, <laughs> there, there are now three men. We've talked about this story as the different details have come out, um, but there were a bunch of churches that were burglarized, some that were in Salt Lake County and some that were in Utah County. Uh, they have now tied them all together, said a burglary spree this last September of over 20 church buildings there is now a third individual that has been charged. So we knew about Lee Pierce Baker. Yes. We knew about Daxton Lane Rushworth. Absolutely. But, but now add into it Malachi Scott Gutierrez. Oh, geez. Uh, they now charged with uh, 40 felonies. Wow. Uh, as they uh, targeted church buildings to try and steal, steal the valuable items that were inside. Police said that uh, they didn't find many things of value in much of the buildings, but they did get some tithing and donation slips. Not necessarily the tithing or donations, just the just slips. The slips. <laughs> uh, they got a safe, a laptop, a docking station, a tablet, um, but all along Eagle Mountain, Lehigh, Harriman, just these multiple, multiple churches just vandalized several thousand dollars worth of damage. And these guys have yet to be sentenced, but, you know, 40 felonies, that's... That's a, a decent amount. amount. That's a fair amount of felonies. Yes, it is. Yes, it uh, is. And let's see. I've got what... a little one. Yes, please. Uh, primary children are invited to watch the March Friend to Friend with President Oaks. I like And the this. primary general presidency. Um, this is going to be on March 9th. Um, let's see. Uh, I love these so much. These little events that you they do. You watch them with your kids? I do. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's just a 20 minute episode. They'll have uh, fun, engaging content for kids with music. Um, they'll do a craft, a visit from Louis the Toucan. He's been kind of a character throughout all of them. Um, so yeah, super, super cute. My, my daughter, especially if I'm ever doing her hair on, usually whenever I do her hair, she wants to watch a show on my phone, but mm -hmm. if I'm doing her hair for Sunday morning for church, she'll, I'll usually put one of those on for her. Um, little more appropriate than like a Netflix show or whatever. Um, but it'll be with uh, President Alan H. Oaks and his wife, Kristen. Um, so, yeah, I love it. It's so fun. There has been, and I don't know how much of this you have followed, but Ryan Clifford and Charlie Bird, have you followed this at all? Um, 
Is this the one with uh, Mormon stories and John yes. Bellin? So yeah. I tried to, but there was a paywall on the website and I wasn't going to pay for a subscription. So I'm fresh, sort of. So so what I what I kind of understand is what happened. And and since apologies have been made, um, but from what I understand, and again, contact at theculturalhall.com, we'll get into this a little bit more. But what, what I understand happened is that uh, John Dillon, who uh, runs Mormon Stories, um, essentially kind of came at not the the church would not be fair because he's saying hey these guys are married and they're still uh they're still able to be in their ward and have callings and all these things and sort of you know putting a highlight on this to say hey church why aren't you doing the thing that you do to all these people why are these people an exception which is none of his business right uh but you know stirring it up as they like to do uh, their site, you know, talks about how they try and help those that are transitioning away from the Mormon faith. But uh, oftentimes I think it's just like, hey, where can we stir this up right here? Let's do it. Um, right. None of none of his business to be able to share or to, you know, put out there to say, hey, you know what, you need to be doing this. And when it happens from the other side, where people are like, you need to be called to repentance, a certain group that you can find online that will come and call people to repentance. We hate that. So I don't know why we think we would do that. Lots of people came after uh, Mormon stories and John DeLynn and said, what, what are you, why would you do this? This is the very thing that you, you know, you say that you are against that you do not want people to do. And yet you did it uh, to the point that um, Troy Williams with equality, Utah, that's the um, like LGBTQ advocacy group for the state of Utah said, what are you doing, pal? What is this? Seriously. And so once it started to affect the bottom line for John DeLynn, he apologized and said, all right, I'll listen. But, you know, but also it's this apology. Like if you ever want to read an apology and I'm grateful that he tried. And as someone who has tried to apologize and done it wrong before, I guess I'm grateful for an effort at an apology, right? Uh, At an apology. But I just it's like, well, I mean, but you have to admit is sort of uh, a qualifier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't mean to offend. For those of you that are offended, almost is how the yeah. apology felt. So, you know, some some things just because you can doesn't mean you talk should talk about something doesn't mean you should. And if it's especially if it's someone's like personal business or walk with God or or right. or some of those things, right? Different if someone comes out and says, "Hey, everyone." I would like to say this and and you are, you know, I'm talking, you can talk about it. There you go. Right. Different. Not yes. that, that was not what this was. So affects the bottom line and apology was made. Such an unfortunate yeah. series of events. And a great episode at, uh, of the Cultural Hall when I visit with uh, Charlie Bird and uh, his book produced in my studio, um, Expanding the Borders of Zion. Awesome. Is it uh, easily one of the best five church books that I've ever read? Okay. Exempting, awesome. of, exempting of course, um, you know, like the Book of Mormon. Canonized scripture. Yeah, 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 yeah. So definitely something that someone should check out. We've only got a couple awesome. more minutes. Where do you want, where do you, would you like to end this thing? Uh, where would I like to end For it? you. I'm surprised you haven't, uh, you haven't talked about the ex-Mormon mom charged with plotting Microsoft execs murder, had affair with personal trainer, accused ex of gold digging, that there's a little bit more information in that. Well, geez, you just took it from me, Richie. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. Geez. See how I am? Uh, yeah. So the, you're so good at that. 
<laughs> um, so yes, the murder of Jared Brightigan, who was, um, like you said, a, uh, Microsoft exec, his ex-wife, um, was, uh, I'm so bad. I'm sorry. She has been charged with his, um, with plotting the murder. Mm -hmm. Uh, she was having an affair with her personal trainer, mm -hmm. like you said. Um, I think the saddest thing about like that whole story Right. I mean, aside, obviously, aside from the fact that he was murdered, which is absolutely mm -hmm. horrible. Um, he had children with this woman. Right. Mm -hmm. And he had since like after they got divorced, he got remarried and they had a beautiful little baby girl. And the the wife, the widow, has no contact with her stepchildren, which they were apparently very, very close. And her family is keeping them from yeah the the stepmom which is so so unfortunate um they they split up in 2015 and it just created a huge war over custody and finances as it is typical to happen um so uh, she left the faith and eventually married mario saldana fernandez in 2018 she met him at a crossfit gym um yeah, the whole thing is just like really, really gross. Well, and she accuses um, him too of uh, marrying her because she's got that stamping up money. Her parents are the ones that yeah. are the originators of stamping up the scrapbook uh, company down in Utah County. And uh, no, know, it's not in Utah County. It's in Riverton. Oh, thank you very a, much. There, there is a uh, stamping up in uh, in Utah County. I have been to. Okay, well, I have Pokemon Go hunted at the Stampin' Up! in Riverton, so... At, like, the headquarters, do we think? Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, all I right, I think so. Fine. Well, yeah, it's hard to argue with where you've Pokemon Go hunted. Listen, it's a thing. I know, it's, no, a, I know. it's a thing. I know, yeah, four <laughs> years ago, Calden, it's a thing. Um, yep. The thing about that, that story, she's now been arrested and yes. also uh, has pled not guilty, and also her attorney is the same as Casey Anthony's. Oh, that's right. And... The worst part about the story, aside from him being killed and plotted and the kids and all the things, is that his 18-month kid with his new wife, because he had just dropped his kids off with this woman to her house, and then that was where he was ambushed and shot down. The 18-month-old kid in the car when the he got thing. out to move the tire in the, in the car. And I it's don't know how the kid horrible. was found, but I don't think it was like guy shot him. Oh, is he dead? Here, yeah. let's take care of the kid in the car. I don't think that that's the circumstances of what happened. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I always wonder about circumstances like that when you have a child in this horrific situation. Mm -hmm. I don't know how ministering angels work, mm -hmm. but all I can do is hope that there are people from the other side of the veil just wrapping their their arms around, the you know, her in that mm -hmm. moment. You know, I, I don't know how it works. Like I said, maybe she doesn't see him. Maybe she does. She's 18 months old. Anything's possible, but sure. it's horrible. I, uh, boy, sure. I'm glad we did that towards the end of this thing. Yeah. Luckily, we've got the third block where we talk with uh, Thomas McConkey uh, with a special announcement. Uh, I so guess we should maybe, should we tease me one more thing that no, might be, can, uh, this I thought was it. a cool story. Let's end here. Elder Holland okay. will take us home and it'll make us feel better. Let's do it. Uh, Elder Holland, reading the newspaper as, uh, you know, an apostle might often do, uh, finds out about the death of, uh, I think eight, she's 18 years old. I think so, 18. Uh, her name, uh, Kirsten Kate Bigley. Uh, she was tubing with her friends. That is snow tubing. 
that mm-hmm. is uh, sledding essentially, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and died. And he yeah. read about this uh, and decided, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go down to the funeral. They no one asked him. It wasn't family. He's not you know familial related with this. Mm-hmm. But he goes down and felt compelled to speak because, as he says, that there were a lot of people that because it happened to someone so young, he felt like would be asking the question, you know, why, why does something like this happen to good people? Why does it happen to young people? Why, you know, it's such an innocent thing and wanted to be able to come down and, uh, be a part of it. He was uh, able to speak as part of the funeral service, uh, and said, quote, let me encourage all of you to avoid saying what if, or would have, or should have, or could have, President Holland said, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, we can celebrate and look forward and know that all is well. Uh, He has gone on or going on to say um, that is what he himself has been asked to do these past six months, ever since the passing of his wife. Says it is impossible to face loss without grief. It is all right to cry and to remember. It would not be a fitting tribute to a sister or a daughter or a friend not to mourn her temporary loss. Tears are the price that we pay for the love in this world. Loss and grief are a part of the mortal experience. They should not be a reason to question faith. And then says this, if anyone in this room thinks that the righteous are going to be spared the same tribulations and the same tests that all the rest of us will face, then we have not understood the plan of salvation. Sometimes the righteous are called on to set the example for others. And I just think that that's highly significant because how many times... I mean, we would say that we don't if we are cognitively listening to it and say, you know, uh, if you live the gospel, then life's great, right? Mm-hmm. It, when we say that like that, you, you, it should hopefully bristle and have you go, no, I don't think that that's, that's not exactly, works, right. Yeah. But culturally, I think we start to promote a kind of a, a feeling or a thought about that, right? I pay my tithing and of course I'm blessed. Yeah. I'm going to church. I'm doing the primary things. And, you know, of course that, and so becomes sort of a, a, a mixed thing. Yeah. But I think, I think it's significant in his words that, yeah, you don't get spared from it. Right. Well, and I also liked what he said that it's okay to cry and to remember. Mm-hmm. And um it saying that it's okay to feel grief. I I don't know if I've ever gone on this uh this little rant on mm-hmm. here on the cultural hall with you, but I think in our um as members of the church, in our desire to look to the positive and look at the yeah, wonderful blessings that, yeah, chin up and look at the wonderful blessings of the um, the atonement and the plan of salvation. We forget to feel what we need to feel. Mm-hmm. And that leads to a lot of people just not really understanding how to handle grief. Sure. I've, I've seen it and it's really, um, yeah, we need, we need to allow people the space to feel what they need to feel when somebody is lost, especially if it's unexpected or if it's at like a particular, um, particularly weird time. I mean, like I lost my mom, uh, three months after I got married, Yeah, you know, before I had my first child, you know, and it was really, really a weird time and I needed to feel that. Mm-hmm. And I think like when you lose somebody unexpectedly, people saying, Oh, you know, it's okay. She's in a better place. And that yeah. might be true. And that probably is true. But also just let somebody feel what they need to feel and let yourself feel what you need to feel. Right. Because guess what? It catches up. Exactly. Whether you, let a, you let, whether you let yourself feel it or you try and hide that away, it will come out. It will. 
uh, and sometimes not in a productive way. Yeah, most times not in a yeah, productive way. Exactly. Uh, scoot out of the seat. We're going to let Thomas come in All in right. uh, the next block. And special announcement. I'll tell you, it's about the Cultural Hall Book Club. We'll take a break and come back and do that in the next block of the Cultural Hall. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. BestDJinUtah.com. You're right. It's a new ad. What? Well, it's been an entire season since I've recorded a BestDJinUtah.com ad. And well, the wedding season coming to an end at this point, but not really because what happens now is everyone who's going to get married in 2024 reaches out and says, Richie, is it possible? Do you still have this date? And I tell them, yes, hopefully. And then we get you booked. We'd love to be able to work with you. Uh, travel all along the Intermountain West. Some people call it the Jello Belt. Uh, you can go to bestdjinutah.com to request a quote. You can find us on any of the social medias at bestdjinutah. And uh, we can answer any questions. Affordable? Yes. Over 400 five-star reviews? Yes. Highest rated in the state of Utah? Uh-huh. Go on. It's best djinutah.com and I'll give you a little hint it also helps me to be able to do this like financially support the cultural hall through that and you get something in return Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop and they start at only $29 a month and it comes with a lifetime warranty. Just check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. A very, very, very special announcement. First ever, technically not the first ever, but basically the first ever uh, we are doing the Cultural Hall Book Club and we would love for you to be a part of it. A book club, if you don't know, is where you read a book and then you get together with all the people that have talked the book. And usually, you know, it's it's some sort of uh, some sort of uh, like eating or drinking event. Uh, in our case, it's going to be over uh, Zoom, so you can electronically do this wherever. Uh, but we're going to be able to have the authors of the various books that we will read. Now, because this is the first, we're giving everyone plenty of time um, to be able to read this book. And here to help us tease this very first uh, book club, get everybody together event is, uh, well, one of my best friends uh, that uh, I ever got to mow his lawn for. That's how I qualify it. It's uh, <laughs> Thomas McConkie. How are you, sir? I forgot how beautiful you made our lawn when we lived in the same neighborhood. Richie is a doctor of lawn care. <laughs> well, well, I feel like, and I don't want to go too much down this, but like you serve <laughs> you serve how you can, right? And, and that was that was very meaningful to me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm and I'm not I'm not a uh, you know I'm not a I I couldn't walk you down a path of mindfulness or I couldn't you know serve you in financial matters or things like that. But it really is all joking aside. When there are ways that people are like, hey, I need some help with this, and it's something I can do, I say. Hold my root beer. Let's go. I'm ready to do this thing almost without uh, any sort of hesitation. So, 
grateful yeah. for the the opportunity to have lived around you and to do that. That's not why you're here. You've written. No, it's not. Why. We're up. We're up to a terrible start, Richie. <laughs> you, you've written a, another book, and yeah. that will be the the first book of the Cultural Hall Book Club. Tell people, uh, you know, is this been a thing that's been in the back of the mind? Was it the wake up in the middle of the night and pen to paper saying one day you will write the book of? How did this kind of come? Oh yeah, up? just pure inspiration. It's like the spirit seized me and wrote every word of that book. <laughs> no, I mean this book uh, it'd been cooking for a long time. Uh, it's called Atonement or Atonement, if you prefer the standard pronunciation. Mm -hmm. But it is really a book about paying attention in a new way in life. And what I loved about writing the book and what I think people love about reading the book from what I'm hearing is that it's not a book to tell you all the answers or what everything means. It's an invitation to pay attention in a new way and see what life reveals to you in that way. And it was my experience when I started to pay attention in a new way that the gospel became exponentially more meaningful to me. So that's a big deal. Yeah. And what I love about that is that, that it isn't uh, any sort of like, you have to feel this way or at one moment, and this comes from Greek. And so what you really should yeah. be thinking is this. And you're like, oh my yeah. gosh. It's yeah, exactly. It's not that it's, it's some, it's some memoir. It's personal story of my own coming of age and learning how to pay attention in new ways. It's experiences I've had. It's invitations to have your own kind of experience and write your own story. Yeah. And and if people don't know who Thomas McConkie is, I don't I don't need the I don't need the you know the hour long we did that episode. People can find it and you can find a link for that in the show notes. But if if you sort of if you you know give yourself a little like Reader's Digest, if people know what that is even is anymore to to people, how how do you describe yourself? Well, I would say that I am a guy who grew up in a family with all the benefits of you know parents who are. Uh, steeped in the gospel and have deep faith. And yet it didn't really click with me. It didn't register. It didn't make sense. And uh, as I grew up and kind of wandered around the world and um, kind of fell into uh, a whole different culture and language and religion, mm -hmm. uh, slowly as I paid attention from a new place, I realized the profound gifts I've been given from my, from my family, from my tradition, my lineage. So the book's a lot about recovering our wholeness, you could say. Is is it a meshing? It almost feels like a meshing too of like the generations before. This is going to sound a little woo for a minute, but like the generations before <laughs> and how they'd been able to pour into you into where the teenage and twenties Thomas McConkie and now coming out of that is is something else. Or am I am I reading way into it? No, I mean that that rings true. Um, you know, the help me with the scripture, the hearts of the children turn to their parents and the parents to their children and sure. there's something like that going on in the book. Um, I, I draw really deeply from uh, my past, my heritage, and it also takes me to a new place that I never thought Christ's gospel would take me. Nevertheless, it's incredibly meaningful and satisfying. And I think um, I, would, I would add relevant to this generation. I think our generation is unique and that we're figuring out how to be together in new ways and face really difficult challenges on the planet. And um, we're, we're learning to live the gospel in new ways that we've uh, sort of, are very true to us. We've sort of spoken around it, but it, it's worth just like nailing it on the head. McConkie. Uh, yes, that McConkie, <laughs> right? That but McConkie. Also, 
you know, but not like, that McConkie. Yeah, yeah, no, but not that. But like, <laughs> but, but like not, but yeah. Uh, but then also uh, related to Elder Worthland as well. So yeah. it, it's not just the one side. It is literally a family steeped in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah, uh, mom and dad's side both were deeply invested in uh, the health and the future of the church, the restored gospel, um, and had very different ideas about how to serve. And that became a lesson of its own that I talk about a little bit in the book. And and, uh, to the point of what uh, you made just a second ago, I really like that it does feel like this is a book for our generation. Uh, Generation, whether you're saying like, you know, late Xers, or maybe you're coming into a, you know, Gen Y or Z or any of that. But this idea that I think for a long time, and we even see this in the way that classes are taught and stuff like that, it was, uh, I will share with you the way that you should do, and then you do, and then you come, and then you win, and then you are. And now, uh, you know, we, that is sort of the the up and coming and and present generation of the, the church are like, listen, let it teach me and then I'll figure it out how it works for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's well said. We're we're in a new moment. And I think one of the big questions I ask, maybe other people are asking, it's like, how do we teach this stuff? I, I have my own case study of like I'm a I flunked out of the McConkie program of you know gospel education. So it's like I've looked at that and said like what went wrong there? Like how did I miss something that's that's so good? And, you know, the book uh, explores that a little bit. Like, what are some new approaches to connecting to this infinite divine love that is our birthright? And, you know, making sure uh, people understand that it's, uh, you know, such a profound inheritance. So that that's an interesting thing that comes up in the book. I'm excited for, uh, you know, those that decide to be a part of the book club to have that access. Uh, you're not going to get a free book. You have to buy the book. That's how that works. Uh, there will be a link for you to be able to purchase that book. That's one thing. Uh, Richie may or may not earn royalties on those purchases. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> just like you do, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I just got that fat check in the mail the other day. Whoa. Yeah. That way to riches. They always oh, look say, out. you know, <laughs> There, there's Bitcoin and writing a book. That's your sure yeah. way to riches. That's what you, <laughs> uh, So you'll need to get the book. And then uh, we're thinking probably about the second week of April. So that gives us plenty of time to be able to do it. We'll establish a Facebook group um, for everyone. And you have to be a Patreon saint of the Cultural Hall to be a part of it. But what you get is you get uh, an hour with Thomas McConkie at the end of this whole thing to be able to ask the questions, uh, all the questions. We'll talk about different themes from the book. We'll have Thomas, you know, probably share for the first few minutes of like, hey, this is a little deeper now that everyone's read it. And then just be able to ask questions and say, did you mean this by this? I don't understand this, which may be mostly my questions. Help me. (laughs) I want to know about this, but it'll be uh, released later as an episode for everyone to enjoy. But if you want to be a part of the kind of in-group, the in-crowd to be able to have that access. You got to be a Patreon saint and obviously pick up that book and there'll be a link in the show notes for people to be able to purchase it. I'm looking forward to the book club. It's going to be fun. I, I don't know. We're gonna, I don't know, uh, you know, cause everyone will be electronic. Like, I don't know if I'm going to send out like a recipe for everyone to say, Hey, <laughs> make this while we chat or, you know, something like that. But um, I don't know that you've ever done anything like this. I know you've been interviewed a lot about, about this, but I don't Not know. A, no, you're, you're breaking into totally new territory here. It's an innovation in podcast world, a podcast book club. 
Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know about innovation, but I'll take the compliment. Have you ever <laughs> done something like this before? A Q&A with a bunch of people that you don't know what the questions are beforehand? Not via a podcast. Okay. Not like this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so there, there it is. <laughs> there, I'll take that breaking ground. Uh, again, link in the show notes, be able to purchase the book. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to us, contact at theculturalhall.com. What I'm most excited for is that I know that I'm going to have an hour with my uh, lawn mowing friend, Thomas McConkie. <laughs> You're out in uh, Boston at the Harvard Divinity School right now. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And, and what what's the plan? Because you got to be almost-ish done. Are you staying out there with all your highfalutin East Coasters or are you going to come back West? Hey, I, I held on to that little home by Liberty Park. Um, the grass will need some work when I get back. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, I have another year and a half of research writing and then I'm a free agent. So we'll see, we'll see where life takes us. We're a little, we're more in number than we were when we came out here. So yeah, three when you left and now four in the household, are we, are we, are you going to, uh, I think it was, wasn't it Bruce that said we uh, multiply and replenish the earth or is that somebody? Bruce said it all. Yeah. He, he said everything of significance. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and some of it was retracted. So there's that. <laughs> oh, let, let's, let's end on that. Yeah. No, awkward, no, no. ambiguous note. <laughs> oh, come on. Everyone knows that one of the editions of Mormon doctrine was done. Okay. So uh, again, questions contact at the culturalhall.com. Looking forward to that. Uh, we'll talk all about that book and, and uh, I'm so excited. Atonement yeah. or atonement if you want, but come on. The meaning comes from at one minute. Potato, potato. I appreciate being able to visit with you and uh, and wish you the best. Cannot wait. Official date and all those things to be forthcoming. Thomas, thank you. Good to be with you, Richie. See you all soon. I hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body and that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week and that when the time comes, you will be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast will be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the Cultural Hall show.